Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and sometimes, accidentally, in spite of myself, something funny or interesting happens. This is Previously Live. What, what, lay, lay me low with your, um, with your tremendous, uh, uh, uh grimoire of race crime statistics. I'm ready for it, comrades. I'm ready. Hit me up. I'm not sure if you saw this story posted on my Telegram channel the other day, but it's Telegram. a very important story that we're going to go through and highlight, and I would ask that you would share this with family and friends. Copy the link and share this with whatever family member or whatever friend that you can think of. Regardless I never do this, by the way. Should I do this stuff? Hey, guys, we're at the beginning of a YouTube segment, right? YouTube segment? Hey, guys, if you like this video that's probably going to be debunking the JQ or something, Share it with your family and friends. Your co-workers, share it to them. Is there a sweetheart you're interested in? Send them this video to test whether or not they agree with Vincent James. That, apparently, that's a thing people do. All right, there you go. Regardless of political positions, it doesn't matter if they're left, right, or center. It does not matter because the broader portion of society supports the middle class, supports the workers, the backbone of society, as many politicians have told us in the past but never followed up on. What? Okay, so right off the bat, we're getting some, like, weird right-wing populism here. All right, let's see how this goes. And the reason why I say this is because there were some very interesting documents that were leaked. Amazon, Whole Foods, other corporations, that show them admitting that they push for workforce diversity, diversity quotas, so on and so forth, mm -hmm. because it helps prevent unions. Now, we all know that unions are able to argue mm. for a higher wage. We know this better than anyone else, right? We know that unions together collectively are able to argue for a higher wage. And mass immigration has been the tool. Historically, it's been a tool used by the GOP 80s, 90s to sort of bust up unions because they overwhelmingly voted for Democrats. Do we have these leaked papers? I don't see it. I see stock up on gas masks, subscribe star, get emergency food supply with a 25-year shelf life, and they all tend to be the same. I don't see any data on this. Do they specifically say because it prevents unions? Here's a hot question. Why is it that having a diverse workplace tends to make it more difficult to form a union? But now it's become a tool, one of the main tools in the main toolbox of the elites to undercut the middle class of America and keep you enslaved. And these enslaved. Ooh, we're, I'm ready for it. These documents just prove this even further. I mean, we all knew this from the H-1B visa system, right? We all saw how Disney was forcing Americans to train their foreign replacements. Otherwise, they wouldn't get their severance package. That was one very specific instance that I do not defend, but I actually just got, oh, big brain time. I just got an email today from a hiring manager to, like, who gave me a fuck ton of information on H1 visa systems. Everything that these Nazi dipshits say about them are completely fucking incorrect. I can't show the email because I don't want to talk to this guy, but... Um, uh, 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 so this is something that they'll say. This is something that Nasbol said to me when I talked to them the other day during that call-in section. They made the argument that, oh, well, okay, you can find data that immigration normally doesn't lower wages for Americans, which is a fact. 
But what about H1 visas? We have a STEM crisis and it's being made worse because we're bringing in these like super cheap H1B workers instead of like training their domestic, you know, counterparts. Um, but I got this massive fucking info sheet. This is a complete lie. First of all, H, uh, um, in, as, as to my knowledge, um, um, positions have to be open for a given length of time, unfilled by domestic workers, before you can fill them with an H-1B uh, visa worker. Second of all, H-1B visa workers are more expensive to hire than um, than domestic workers are, uh, for a wide variety of reasons. And when people come in on H-1B visas, these aren't like poor fucking Indian peasants who are working for $6 an hour to build applications. These people are paid more. They're paid more than domestic workers are because they had to travel across the fucking planet. For non-FAANG software engineering companies, H-1B contracts are dramatically more expensive than full-time employees. I'll give you a number. I have a redacted contract right now that I'm paying redacted $150 an hour for. My senior full-time developer costs roughly $80 an hour. I looked up some data very quickly to try to corroborate this information, and it was basically true across the board. When people bring in H-1B visa workers to do work here in the States, it's not because they're trying to replace white people. It's not because they're trying to get them for cheap. It's because there aren't people in the country who are filling the job. And... I don't know about you guys, I love the United States of America. I don't really like the idea of massive senior tech positions being left unfilled because we're too racist to spend extra money to bring in competent foreign workers to fill those holes. We found out that Microsoft and many corporations in Silicon Valley were doing the same thing. We know that mass immigration is a tool under the guise of- Notice how his non-specificity there? There was one case where people were being tr were training their replacements. That's something that happens all the time though, like across all industries. You guys realize that like, generally speaking, you want the next people to come in to be like, informed about the job, right? So you educate your replacements to get your severance package. That's part of your job. I understand that capitalism is cruel, and it is, and I'm not defending capitalism, but think about it, like really think about it for a second. As long as you are working in that job, you are not entitled to a severance package if you uh, are negligent in your work responsibilities, and your final work responsibility will be to make sure the next people coming in know how to do the job. I understand, again, like, I'm not saying this is a humane system, but this is just something that happens under capitalism. You're not going to fix this by getting rid of immigrants. This happens with domestic workers, too. I, when I worked for a mall as security, I watched people train their replacements. I watched white people train white people to be their replacements. I don't know if a, no severance package hinged on it or anything, but, um, but, like, it's just a thing that happens of a virtuous goal like diversity is a tool that the elites have been using for quite some time to completely keep the Americans enslaved. In Wait, do you mean Americans or do you mean white Americans? Because there are tons of non-white Americans who contribute to the diversity of this workforce. After all, so really think for a second, okay? He was saying like Whole Foods is hiring diverse, like diverse groups of people to prevent unions. Do you think that Whole Foods is getting H-1B visa workers from foreign countries to stock their shelves? Or do you think they're using Americans in the country of America 
Really think about that for a second. He's not saying Americans here. He's saying white. Enslaved and in debt. And so this, these documents really prove this. We're going to go through the story today. Is this guy a Nazi? Yeah, 100%. Third world people bringing their third world problems. It won't be diverse enough until there are no more white people. They're not elites, they're terrorists. Diversity is a code word for white genocide. The point of diversity is the death of whitey. When elites demand diversity, what they really want is white genocide. Diversity is our strength. Now they know who the R is referring to. Hmm. Yeah. We, we know what this is meant to appeal to. So we'll debunk all the claims we can. We're going to talk about unions. We're going to talk once again about how half of construction workers in Texas are illegally here and how wages have been plummeting for the past, I don't know how many decades. Oh, I can't, I can't wait. I'm so ready to get to these points. In Los Angeles, the same this thing. This is low-hanging fruit? No, it's not. These are literally the points made by pretty much all like Nazbol or anti, like, na like Nazi groups in, in this country. This is like a compendium of all the arguments that I'm going to need to prepare myself against. How many of them do you think I can respond to with basically no research? happening union membership is on the decline wages are on the decline in a bunch of different industries whoa unions are on the decline wages are on the decline what the fuck does that have to do with immigration and it's not the agricultural business as many people would like you to believe that's a small portion as a matter of fact even pure research admits that construction is one of the largest industries hospitality the restaurant industry you think and? that these are jobs that americans don't want to do we have record low unemployment. The idea that immigrants are stealing our jobs and that hardworking Americans aren't able to like find, like this is ludicrous. We have record low unemployment and people are still using the stealing my jobs argument. Well, of course, unemployment's up now because of the pandemic, but right before, right, okay, yes. Right now, Rona, obviously. Okay, but that doesn't really refute the point here. How many more jobs are we going to add onto the list of the supposed list of jobs that Americans don't want to do? Nobody is making that argument, dude. Guys, just so you guys know, our economy is literally dependent, literally dependent on um, undocumented immigrants. Um, no matter how much the fucking MAGA hat dipshits uh, want to complain about it, it is an empirical fact that there were market need. There was a market need for additional labor in the agricultural field that was not being met through domestic labor. It just wasn't. You, I mean, I don't know what Vincent James like cries himself to sleep thinking every night. The idea that there was like this secret group of like uh, earnest, you know, green thumbed, hardworking Americans that were just ready to go down near the border and start, you know, like picking tomatoes and stuff. And then they couldn't because all the illegals came in. It's just not true. It's not true. Yeah, the UK recently had to bring in Eastern European migrants for fruit picking. Guys, just face it. It's just a fact of the matter. Um, agricultural labor fucking sucks it's just not that good labor it's just not a lot of americans don't want to do that shit but just because that's the case that doesn't mean every single job an immigrant takes needs to be a job an american doesn't want to fill well, like why that's not how the market works why the fuck would we care about that so this is a very important story and i really want to highlight this so make sure to share this with family and friends before we get started i just want to thank this video sponsor this video has been kindly sponsored by get a gas mask with mask shortages all around. Jesus Christ, fucking weird prepper shit. Wait, are there people in the chat who have those documents? Uh, Head Redux, that archive link that you've given me, um, it links to a privacy error. Do you have a better link for that? If I could corroborate what this guy is saying against the, I guess I'll just, yeah, I'm, it's 403 forbidden. If you can get me like the data, it's 403 forbidden, the link you're giving me, the archive link. Here's the whole food source.
Whole Foods is reportedly using a heat map to track risk of unionization. More than two dozen metrics to track which Whole Foods stores may unionize, including external risk store risks and team member sentiment. Here are some examples of external risks. Local union membership size, distance in miles between the store and the closest union, number of charges filed with the National Labor Relations Board alleging labor law violations, and a labor incident tracker. Other external factors, percentage of families within the store zip code that fall beneath the poverty line. Store risks, average store compensation, average total store sales, and a diversity index that represents the racial and ethnic diversity with every store. Stores at higher risk of unionizing have lower diversity and lower employee compensation, as well as um, higher total store sales and higher rates of workers' compensation claims, according to the documents. That's interesting. So in addition to there being like two dozen factors that are being accounted for here, as opposed to just them pushing diversity to lower the risk of um, unionization, uh, in addition to that, they're saying that there is a relationship between the ethnic um, homogeneity of a store and lower employee compensation. In other words, employee uh, whole foods that are located in cities are more likely to be better compensated and have higher ethnic diversity and whole foods that are located in rural areas are more likely to have less ethnic diversity and less compensation we're not accounting for ethnic diversity here we're accounting for rurality as opposed to urban This doesn't prove the fucking point at all. They even make the specific claim that the ethnicity corresponds directly, or at least, you know, statistically, to lower employee compensation. The more ethnic diversity, the higher employee compensation. That's so interesting, Vincent James. So the data indicates that stores that have higher ethnic diversity have higher employee compensation. Why? Why are you mentioning that? Why isn't the story Whole Foods pushing diversity to raise wages for employees? Mm, that's really strange. I wonder why. Maybe it just doesn't make his point seem as strong. So in addition to there being about two dozen factors here, so A, it's not just diversity. B, diversity corresponds positively with higher employee compensation. Three, there's no evidence here that Whole Foods is specifically pushing for diversity to lower the risk of unionization. So he, this is incredible. Not only did he misrepresent the information available, but not only does the information when presented flatly actually disprove his point and provide counter arguments that he wouldn't have an answer for, but it's actually wrong in ways that I couldn't have anticipated. That's actually incredible. That almost feels like the end of it right there. It's saying that both low diversity and low wages contribute to risk. Yeah, but it directly links those two points as well, gray zero. And it makes sense anecdotally because we recognize that there's higher rates of ethnic diversity in cities and cities also tend to have higher rates of compensation because there are higher um, costs of living in those cities. Um, 
like the data there just does not support his point even remotely. I would so I don't even have to argue that there are like lurking variables here because the article itself acknowledges those lurking variables around the world of all types. Prepper's Peak wants to extend a special limited offer to you. Oh wait, get, get the, I don't care. Advertise in your own channel. Documents show that these corporations are admitting that quote workforce diversity helps prevent unions. This story is originally from the Business Insider, by the way. Now, why would they be afraid of unions? Why would they want to? What is that? Vosh can't take on alt hype. He just likes talking without making sense. Ah, hello, good goy sixty two. I love uh, I love talking about Nazi shit and all of you fucking cockroaches swarm into the comment sections. It's very fun. Alt Hype was the one who was too much of a pussy to debate me, by the way. That dude is a drama whore. He just hounds. You know what's really funny? Do you want to know how pathetic Alt Hype is? After Sean published his video on the bell curve, which com which corroborated all the evidence on how the um the bell curve was just a complete shit piece of literature, um the uh, Alt Hype quickly pumped out three t short videos on how Sean was wrong, where he got multiple empirical facts incorrect on the subject of Sean's video and then they didn't get the attention he wanted so he had Black Pigeon Speaks rehost them on his channel. He's a little fucking slimy drama whore and the only reason he made a video on me was in the hopes that a growing larger content creator would acknowledge him. Prevent unions from forming. Well it's because unions can argue for a higher wage for their workers. Oh it's speaking of the bell curve Hey, hey! The reason why we've seen a lot of corporations lately, a lot of companies, get woke. We've all heard the mantra, get woke, go broke. Do you really think that these... Well, wait, wait, wait. So the mantra, get woke, go broke, is factually incorrect. The reason corporations go woke is because it makes them more money. That's the reason why. That's it. When they appeal to progressive interests, it's because they're trying to diversify their uh, audience base. That's it. People, these people will say like, go woke, go broke. But then like movies like Captain Marvel make like 13 trillion dollars or whatever. Like there's no relationship here. Mega corporations and these billionaires are pushing a quote, woke message because they actually want to make a massive societal impact. What woke message? Are we going to talk just in generalities or are you going to use specifics? Because they want to see true social change and make everyone fair and equal. Nobody, no, no leftist has ever, doesn't H-Bomber guy literally have a video on this? Right? Dude, Vincent, you're so fucking brave, bro. You're pointing out, wow, oh my god, are you being serious right now? Corporations are insincere and profit interested when they, pu when they push like progressive messaging? Oh my God. Oh my God, Vincent. Holy shit. You're, you're, oh my God. You're blowing my fucking mind right now, Vincent. I can't believe it. I'm really, thank you for disseminating this wisdom. Of course, your audience never cared because your audience doesn't care about progressivism. So what does this mean? Do you think like they think our minds are being blown? Of course not. Society at large doesn't matter to them. Because at the end of the day, when Los Angeles eventually turns completely into a mirrored rendition of South and Central America, and when... What? I don't know where this fucking hick came from. I lived in Los Angeles 20 years of my life. It is one of the most prosperous, culturally rich, and strong cities on the planet. Crime is down, 
uh, 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 investments are up. It is an inc like the idea what it'll turn into a. I mean, what he said. Well, I could interpret that in multiple ways, but what he's saying right there is like there are going to be a lot of brown people. Like, okay. Silicon Valley turns into basically a mirrored rendition of India, and the streets are burning while. Ah, yes. Silicon Valley, the place that I've been to multiple times where basically everyone is white. The only people in, who are fucking from India are the aforementioned incredibly rare H-1B visa workers who come because of white Americans are too fucking stupid to fill basic fucking tech jobs. Dude, it's not. Hey, hey. Wake up, Vincent! If you want to fix the problem, invest in education, dipshit. The reason why they have to keep going to India is because their education system is better than ours. Hey! Hey, you want Whitey to do better? Maybe invest in your own fucking systems. While they're sitting up in their ivory towers, it doesn't matter- Ivory what the fuck does that mean? Are we- who are we talking about right now? Tech bros? Are we talking about CEOs? Are we talking about like social justice? Who are we talking about? To them because they'll be able to afford a place, a safe space where they can reside and you can't enter. Because a safe space where you can reside. What? Their mansions? What? What is the? So again, I know that his language must be really confusing to you guys because you're not woke to Nazi dipshit speak, but I can translate for you. The argument he's making is that a bunch of corporations are totally okay making a fuck ton of money off of bringing brown people into the country because they don't have to deal with living with brown people because they can live in their gated communities. Except, wait, all the concentrations of wealth in the countries are in cities and cities are the most culturally diverse parts of our country. Uh, oops. Uh, oops. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I guess you could say they have a safe space like their house. But it's not like all the fucking wealthy tech CEOs are forming like a white, like white ethno state somewhere in Wisconsin where they're living out like the, the consequences of their immigration policy, which is, by the way, not their immigration policy. Immigration policy is put into law by Congress, not by fucking CEOs. What is the relationship here? I don't, does this guy realize... Like, he's talking about big business here. He's talking about the relationship between profit and immigration. You do realize that immigration law is dictated by elected representatives, right? Like, like what? You think fucking Jeff Bezos walks into the floor of Congress and, like, slams an article down? And he's like, we need more brown people so I can make more money. And then Congress just passes it? Or do you think it's probably a much more complicated relationship of a fuck ton of economic factors? Because the moment that you venture off into their gated white communities, you will be removed by force. With a what? What you mean? Like if you break into a gated community, you'll be removed by force? I I guess. Like, cause it's a gated community. You know, not. Most gated communities, you can just walk in them. Like, the gate's not always, like, like, you can just... <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Also, tech CEOs don't live in gated communities. They live in mansions on top of, like, mountains. Gun to your head, probably. And so these leaked what? documents just... Wait, you think if you break into a gated community, they'll put a fucking gun to your head? I'm, I'm sorry, like, th this guy just says so much stupid shit. I'm just so confused by, like, every word out of his mouth. Further prove what we've been talking about for quite some time. We're going to go through a little bit of the story, but I really want to talk about why 
Diversity helps prevent unions. So yeah, so keep in mind the data that he provided doesn't actually bring any evidence um, that like oh, oh, oh like as to why unions are harder to form in ethnically diverse communities. And this is one of two dozen factors. So again, this would be like huh, this is this is so classic Vincent James, dude, because this is something race realists love to do. Okay. Are you ready for it? This is what Vincent James is doing right now, okay? That's a really tiny canvas. Can we maybe do a bigger one? That looks a little bit better. So this is what Vincent James is trying to do right now, okay? Are you ready for it, okay? Why is it, why it, here. Why do black children do worse in school? Okay, that's the question we're going to answer. It's statistically the case. So let's let's try and find out, okay? We're gonna find out, okay? Watch. Uh, so over here, we've got, um, <clears throat> we've got uh, a preponderance of single parent households. Uh, over here, we've got substandard drinking water. Over here, we've got they live in a food desert. Uh, over here, we've got over-policing of the community. Uh, over here, we've got dangerous and unsafe neighborhoods. Uh, over here, we've got, uh, 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 we've got like substandard underfed schools. Over here, we've got systemic poverty driven by uh, long-standing economic like everything. And then like there's a little one, okay? And it's lower IQ, okay? All right? Because that probably does factor in. And then Vincent James looks at this, and this could be like a giant document written out by sociologists or something, and he would ignore all of this. And then he would make a video entitled, Why do black children do worse in school? They just have lower IQ. Except he's ignoring the text inside of the little IQ bubble where I'm not going to be able to type this out because it's going to be really... There we go. Oh, yeah. No, that's not going to... Yeah, we're just going to have to imagine, okay? He's ignoring the little text inside of the bubble where it says, caused by other factors, such as substandard schooling, single-parent households, over-policing, lead and water, and so on and so forth. That's literally what he's doing here. There's a million characteristics. He latches onto one of them, makes it an essentialist characteristic, and then he pretends there aren't other explanatory variables that go into it. And he's falling, by the way. And you guys say like he's an Osbol or what? I don't fucking know. He's Nazi and Osbol, I don't care. Um, what's interesting to me, this is the exact same trick that idiot racist union leaders fell for back during the turn of the 20th century. These mouth-breathing numbskulls. Uh, we should secure better wages for our workers. Our workers, not those blacks. And then, when it came time to strike, all the fucking white workers would strike, and the black folk wouldn't. Because they're not in the fucking union. Why would they strike? They have no incentive, why? So the racism of the early union leaders actually prevented the efficaciousness of a lot of early um, labor, like communal labor activity, that be because specifically because they were racist, and that's exactly what's happening here. So it says here, leaked internal documents from Amazon-owned Whole Foods reveal the company rates their stores using a quote diversity index and determine the threat of unionization is higher at stores with lower diversity. Mm -hmm. 
Whole Foods is keeping an eye on stores at risk of unionizing. Oh, look at the, oh, I was about to ask, is he just reading from this article somebody linked me in chat? I think he is. Through an interactive heat map, according to five people with knowledge of the matter and internal documents reviewed by Business Insider. So this story was originally from Business Insider. The heat map is powered by an, an elaborate scoring system, which assigns a rating to each of the Whole Foods 510 stores based on the likelihood that their employees might form or join a union. And the higher the diversity they have determined with technology, with science, the, the higher the diversity, the lower the risk that a union is going to form. And the, now, higher, and the higher average wages. I wonder why that is. So here's the question. If you're Vincent James, your goal is to take all available information and turn it into evidence that black people or whatever are bad, okay? So here's the question. If you are Vincent James and you encounter the information that more diverse stores have higher average compensation, how exactly do you reconcile that? Do you believe that having cultural diversity actually increases wages, Vincent James? Or would you think, oh, well, there must be some other confounding variable to explain that? Would you think like, oh, well, maybe there's some other thing? Would you say, hey, maybe it's because more diverse communities are in cities which have higher costs of living? But you're not willing to do that for the uh, for the union thing, are you? Very selective uh, rationale. Find the reason for why this is the case. Uh, All I you have I'm... to do is look at the neighborhoods that have demographically transformed due to mass migration. Ooh! Interesting. These are a lot of really poor neighborhoods we're looking at right here. So are these the neighborhoods that have higher on average compensation? This has nothing to do with mass migration at all. This is just like, if you want to know why this is, Google's rundown buildings in Bronx. Look at what happens when non-white people live in an area. All around America. I guess East Los Santos over here. We can look at California in particular, where I live, and we look at some of the neighborhoods that were very, very safe. Anaheim, California, for instance. Garden Grove, California, for instance. California used to be the Golden State. I think that you've heard that, that term before, right? It's it still, be wait, wait. State. It's still called the Golden State, dipshit. What the, do you think they changed the logo? Wait, they used to call it the Golden State. Now they call it the Golden Brown State. What the fuck are you talking about? Jesus Christ, this is so stupid. We look at neighborhoods all around California that have transformed, where the majority population in these areas, in these neighborhoods, are now comprised of the demographic that has made up most of the immigration coming in here since the 60s. And we look at those neighborhoods, and we see... Oh, that's really inconvenient for his point. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That makes him look really stupid. Oh, wow. Oof. It's a good thing right-wingers can't read, because if they could, man, they would find a lot of really inconvenient data out there. Oh, boy. Do you think Vincent James just Googled, like, brown ghetto or something? Like, what, what do you think? What do you think that he Googled? Um... Yeah, brown people dumb, run-down city. I mean, we've got East Los Santos here, so, like, I don't know what exactly we've got. Um, yeah, but this is... 
dumb for a number of reasons, and I think I will go over all of them. So first of all, um, we have an unbelievably low violent crime rate compared to what we used to have. It has gone way the fuck down. So that's pretty interesting, considering we have more immigrants in the country than ever. It's literally cut in half since the 1990s. Damn, how did that happen? Maybe there are more complicated factors at work here than the relationship between the existence of brown people and, um, and uh, 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 violent crime. That's kind of interesting. Um, additionally, it is undeniable that immigration sometimes increases crime in a neighborhood. That's just a fact of the matter. The reason for that is because immigrating is really hard. Like... I'm not going to sugarcoat it or anything. Immigrating is really fucking difficult. Like, genuinely. Um, you, you have to pick up. you got to move to a new country. There's no guarantee you're going to know that language. Whether you're immigrating legally or illegally, like, that's a really difficult process. And a lot of the people who immigrate to this country, especially from Central and Southern America, don't have a tremendous amount of money, which means that they're probably going to settle into low-income neighborhoods. Poverty directly correlates to crime in every society in the history of Earth. Every single one. Every single one. There have been prosperous African nations. There are today wealthy and prosperous black neighborhoods both in and outside of America. There have been prosperous neighborhoods of every ethnic group imaginable um, it, throughout history. Uh, there is no inherent relationship between uh, the skull bumps of people of different ethnic groups and their crime you know, uh, uh, propensity. But poverty always correlates to crime. Not just poverty, poverty and income inequality. That's a big one. Income inequality directly leads to an increase in crime. Poverty directly leads to an increase in crime. Right now, we are going through a hyper-liberalization of our society and income inequality is at a record high. In spite of that, our crime rate, at least violently speaking, is really, really low. So there are a lot of really complicated multivariate factors that go into stuff like this. What Vincent James is doing right now is he found an article where, Wal uh, where Whole Foods said that there are two dozen or so factors that factor into whether or not there's a high likelihood of unionization in a neighborhood, one of which is ethnic homogeneity, meaning the more diverse it is, the less likely they are to unionize. And he is now going on a tangent about how mass immigration leads to poor and violent neighborhoods. Like, this is a complete non sequitur. But it does tell, you know, his fans what they want to hear, which is black and brown people bad. Um... I know this is a little late, but the diversity hurting unionization rates argument, you can take a look at this study. Ooh. Oh, is this research data? <gasps> oh. From Sci-Hub, too. Oh, wait, is it not gonna... No, it has to load! Comrade Yamada, you wouldn't do this to me, would you? You wouldn't give me a broken link, would you? Comrade Yamada, I've never been this disappointed in my life. I am disgusted. Find a way to get that to work for me. Link not working for me? Nice. Comrade Yamada, you disgust me. Anyhow, um, the tangent that Vincent James is going on right now is completely unrelated completely unrelated to the problem that he is attempting to address. And what makes it even funnier is that the very article he looks over 
um, says that higher ethnic diversity corresponds to greater wages. Do you really think that you're going to see greater average Whole Food employee wages in neighborhoods like the ones that he's just Googled right now? This is the article that he's using from the far right, far right website, Information Liberation. It's got lots of fun stuff. The squad gets squashed. Anti-AOC stuff. Um, you know, uh, banal virus. No vitamin D allowed. Oh, yeah. This is like a, like a, a coronavirus truth or shit right there. Really fun stuff. Um, but yeah, right here. So notice this. Look. This is the Verge article in which they say diversity index that represents the racial and ethnic diversity stores at a higher risk of unionizing have lower diversity and lower employee compensation. They don't bold that part. I wonder if they don't want people to think about that part specifically. Like they don't finish the sentence or the clause, they just stop it right there. I'm actually surprised when I when I compare it, I was actually really, really expecting them to like dot 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 it right there, you know? Okay, people are linking the data to me now. You don't need to link anymore, guys. I've got it. Thank you, Sihab. Racial diversity and union organizing in the United States. Well, far be it for me to read all of this right now. Let's take a look at the conclusion. It's the appendix. Discussion. Kind of a fat discussion right there, but we can take a look. Uniformation contentious activity it requires trust and solidarity amongst the mobilized. Work groups vary in their diversity, which gives researchers an unusual opportunity um, to see how scriptive differences affect the outcome of such mobilization attempts. This study has shown that, in line with such beliefs, bargaining units that actually form are less diverse than bargaining units that try to form. Yet I have also shown that when given the chance to express their preferences at election, more diverse groups opt for unions. Ooh, that's really interesting. So more diverse groups are more likely to advocate for and try to form unions, but the less diverse ones are the ones that actually get them made. I wonder what social force might be affecting the cohesion of the more diverse groups to prevent them from actually forming um, to prevent them from actually forming uh, unions. I wonder if it's the exact same social force that's preventing it for the past 200 years. Hmm. Hmm. One contribution of this study, then, is to propose a mechanism that is different from the one often proposed for why racial diversity makes union workers harder. Does it mention racism here? Okay. Prior writing cross racial.
fascinating. Do some employees become more willing to violate, or do some employers become more willing to violate the law as their workplace becomes peopled by disadvantaged social groups, or do worsening employment conditions cause more advantaged social groups to seek opportunities elsewhere, leaving positions to be filled by the less advantaged? Little definitive work in distinguishing such mechanisms has been done. The limit of available data. It doesn't seem like the, um, the researchers here are comfortable providing a concrete answer to the proposed issue. The strange um, dichotomy between more diverse workplaces being more willing to unionize, but less diver diverse workplaces actually unionizing. If you scroll down to the end of discussion, the author explains the difference may be attributed to union leaders needing to choose their battles more wisely in more heterogeneous pro-union areas, whereas there is more broad unionization attempts in more ethnically diverse pro-union regions to begin with. Interesting! So one of the reasons then, as proposed by the study, is that there is a greater culture of unionization in areas that are more... Um, um, ethnically um, homogeneous, like for example the uh, the Rust Belt um, areas that have had like a strong historical pattern of unionization are also not like especially diverse ones, and these also tend to be like comparatively rural areas, um, which means they're not going to have the greater degree of ethnic diversity. Cities don't tend to have a strong pattern of unionization because cities have typified into um, into um, um, service economy jobs these days. And service economy jobs tend not to bring about unionization efforts in the same way that manufacturing jobs have. Interesting. So overall, support for unions is greater amongst diverse communities, which makes sense because more diverse communities are more likely to be Democrats, and Democrats tend to support union rights far more than Republicans. But unions tend to actually form more often in other areas. At absolutely no point across this article do they suggest that there is some intrinsic uh, 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 um, inability for people of different ethnic groups to work together. Though probably this was commissioned by the Jews, so like obviously, um, you know, they wouldn't say that outright. Um, this is the thing that really bugs me about Nazis. What really bugs me at the end of the day is they are, well, they're very stupid and they have a very strict personal bias that prevents them from um, like any willingness to engage meaningfully with the data available. They don't actually care about the issues. What this guy, this guy doesn't give a fuck about Walmart, oh, sorry, not Walmart, <laughs> Whole Foods workers unionizing. This guy doesn't give a shit about that. He cares about having a white ethnostate. So he'll push any available information in that direction um, if he gets the chance to. That the populations in these neighborhoods are okay with the conditions that they're living in. What? Poor brown people are just okay living in poverty? Damn. I mean, 
I'd love to see a source on that one, buddy. They rarely complain or try to make the conditions that they're living in better for them. What the fuck are you talk? What do you mean make the conditions? Wait a second. Hold on. If they're if they're working nonstop and not complaining, isn't that them making the conditions better for themselves? What the fuck does that mean? I could, I mean, I could say the exact same thing about the fucking Appalachian reason. Like, we want to talk about, like, white rural people. We want to take a look at the Bible Belt. Look at all these dying communities of white Southerners. Ah, uh, whatever. They don't, I mean, they don't make any meaningful effort. They don't really try. They don't really seem to care. They're fine living in their fucking ramshackle, like, like boarded up uh, uh, tenements where they, uh, you know, pray that the hurricane isn't going to come for them next season, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Or is it actually that investment in a neighborhood and improving the broad socioeconomic conditions of a group of people takes outside investment, not just working really hard. Yeah, this is just this is just immigrants don't want a better life, which I mean isn't true. But if you're super racist and you think they're just inferior people who are okay with this, then. Now I've told you the story before. I used to live in Anaheim, California. Anaheim used to be one of the safest places in Orange County in California. It used to be a really nice area where they built Disneyland for a reason, by the way. It is now not nice. Uh, when I was living there, I heard gunshots all the time. You couldn't park on the streets because of drug deals. I walked Anecdote Andy. And a police officer asked me what I was doing there, if I was buying drugs in that particular area, and then looked at my license, looked confused, and then said I should probably leave that area, which I did when I was able to... Uh, Bullshit! You were just walking around. A cop stopped a white guy asking if you were selling drugs or whatever, and then told you to leave the neighborhood afterwards? Horseshit. I lived in LA my whole life. I've walked around Anaheim. I've walked around East LA. I've walked through Skid Row. Bull fucking shit, dude. No fucking way. Not a fucking chance on earth. Oh. Oh. Oh shit. Oh shit. Is that the Anaheim crime rate? They don't keep data going further back, unfortunately. Vincent looks more like a drug dealer than you. I mean, yeah, maybe. Become better off financially for me and my family. But Anaheim has turned into basically what you're seeing here. Most of Anaheim. I've, dude, I've been to Anaheim. Also, downtown Los Angeles has a. This is one picture. What the fuck is this? So if I go through all of Anaheim. Oh my fucking God, dude. I can't believe this dude is lying about, like, my city or my area, I guess. Get me in. Get me in. Do it. How do you do it? Activate. Dude, where's the street view? Give me. California is my city, motherfucker. How do I do? How do I activate? Bottom right? Here we go. Whoa. Wow, it just looks like every other Californian town. 
Whoa, it's it's just a normal it's just a normal town in California. Uh how do I go back? Take me back. Take me back. Thank you. Oh here we go. Oh here we go. Oh my god. It's just a regular, like, I, like the point that I'm trying to demonstrate here is that finding one fucking picture off Google Images that isn't even from Anaheim called Latino Urbanism Transforming the Suburbs Buildopedia. Like, uh, this is what Anaheim's like now. Motherfucker, I've been to Anaheim. Shut the fuck up, okay? There are parts all across California that have been poor for as long as California's been around. If you didn't, how old is Vincent James? Can't be, can't be much older than like 30, right? I'm gonna guess he's in his 30s, which means that back during the 1990s when he was born, America was reeling from the highest crime rate it had ever had in its history, or at least since they started tracking those statistics. So yeah, like no, crime is down. Anaheim, Anaheim is different from what it used to be, but it is not this crime-riddled shithole. And finding one picture of people fucking putting shirts up on a chain-link fence is not an argument that Anaheim... What, what is the argument? That Anaheim's immigration makes it bad and immigrants don't care about having good things and that if immigrants are in businesses, they also don't care about having good things? Resembles this in some form or fashion. And so the reason why these corporations know, but they won't tell you this, why these corporations know that the higher the diversity index, the more that they push for diversity quotas in their... Wait, wait, why the fuck would they tell you this? They don't tell you about the other 23 factors that go into the risk of unionization. They don't tell you like the what the businesses know, but they won't tell you is that the more poor families there are in that zip code, the more likely it is that... What the fuck do you mean? They don't tell you any. They're not obligated to tell you. And also, you haven't provided any evidence that they were specifically trying to make their, um, specifically trying to make their communities more diverse to prevent unionization. No, you have not provided that uh, information. The less likely that people are going to complain, the less likely that people are going to uh, become susceptible to unionization. And Except apparently diverse areas have a higher interest in unionization. Wouldn't that mean that diverse communities actually have a greater um, uh, um, propensity towards trying to improve their workplace situation? Hmm. Hmm. So much data that doesn't correlate to what I'm saying. In this article, if we go on in this article, it actually, there's actually a video here where Amazon has fired employees for criticizing warehouse conditions. You see, slavery hasn't ended. Slavery hasn't ended. Do you think that we've ended slavery, that we fought a civil war to end? You're so fucking edgy, dude. Is this guy, is this guy a Nazbol or just a Nazi? Does anyone know? Does he want a proletarian revolution? Because I'm not going to listen to somebody who just wants class collaboration between a white proletariat and white capitalists to talk to me about how uh, everyone's slaves because of big business. But he's not a Nazbol. Like, he doesn't believe in a proletarian revolution. Okay, then, yeah, shut the fuck up, dude. You're doing the same shit. And slavery, slavery hasn't ended. As a matter of fact, I would argue, I would argue, and I know that this is probably a controversial point, but hear me out. I'm ready. I don't condone slavery in any form or fashion. Mm, uh, mm. 
Is he going to say modern day uh, Amazon warehouse wage slavery is worse than chattel slavery? But I would argue that if you look at the financial cost of raising someone from a child, feeding them, housing them, clothing them, versus the the three dollars an hour that people are getting for working in in food processing plants in some instances and and on fields and farms i would argue that financially adjusted for inflation <laughs> now while there was some violence that was happening some we don't, like i said we don't control so, some violence you know there may have been own <laughs> this but i would argue that financially house place to live clothing food raising people from a child i would argue that financially there was a a uh, probably a better situation on the financial side than the financial situation of today we yeah i mean <laughs> do i really have to talk about how fucking stupid this is do i seriously talk have to talk about the conditions of slave living do i actually have to do this yeah, this is the argument that pe that this is literally the argument they made to defend slavery. That white people were the noble patricians of black people. Um, that we sponsored their livelihood. The, that the black was too stupid and infantile to make their way about the world uh, in in the harsh, cruel, like laissez-faire capitalist system. So it was actually for their own good that they were kept as chattel slaves. That that's literally a pro-slavery argument. It was in fact one of the most common pro-slavery arguments back in the day we basically have imported a slave class not basically we have imported a slave class wait we've wait we were just talking about amazon work wait weren't we just talking about amazon workers or is every amazon worker like a mexican what are we talking about right now who i never know what the fuck these people are talking about you know what's really funny this is why debates with these guys are so unproductive the reason they're deliberately vague in their videos is because they don't actually want you to examine their arguments they get offended when you ask them to clarify have you ever noticed that like with my debates with like sargon or whatever like if you ask like hey what do you mean by that they think it's a debate tactic they think like like hey what specifically do you mean when you say we've imported slaves which group of people are you referring to are you saying white people aren't subject to this wage slavery and they get angry at you because they don't they don't they think that's like a sneaky leftist debate tactic yeah like like you're breaking the rules dude i thought debate was where we just rattled off our broader like fucking beliefs and feelings and opinions uh and didn't corroborate it with any kind of like premise premise conclusion like formalized logic and we continue to import a slave class and even at the highest skilled oh by the way if you ever want to respond to this argument hey guys are illegal are well okay so first of all there are like 14 different types of immigrants okay so if we say we're importing a slave class that means we're talking about legal immigrants okay legal immigrants in the united states of america on average do pretty well um uh, uh america legal immigrant average Real median income for immigrants. Um, this is a real median income of about $56,500, if I'm reading the line correctly, for immigrants. Which is almost double the average American median income. Hmm. Interesting. 
Wonder why that could be. We're importing a slave class. Dude, what he's talking about is illegal immigrants. We're not importing illegal immigrants. They're coming into the country. That's the difference. But he's saying importing because the implication that he's making is that big business and they are deliberately trying to get these people over the border and that those people are a slave class. But here's the response to that. If we're talking about undocumented immigrants, hey, would they rather be living it up over here in America making shit wages or would they rather be back in the countries that they came from? I mean, they took the risk and came over here. So that's your answer, right? It's not exactly easy to walk into the United States. You got to think about it. It's not really just like a daytime trip. You got to really commit to the process. Get yourself a fake SSN if you want to be paid over the table. Um, like it's it's a it's a big process. And honestly, they're treated like shit over here, which really indicates how poorly they're treated elsewhere. Levels we continue to import a slave class. Here's this. And even at the highest skilled levels, we continue to import a slave class. Here's the video. Wait, is everyone a slave class? Wait, is e wait is everyone a slave? I thought he was talking about illegal immigrants. Who the fuck is he talking about? At the highest levels? What does he mean the, does he mean like the Indian H-1B visa workers who come from the highest caste of their home country, who come over here and make $200,000 a year? Is that, is, is that being a slave? I mean, I agree wage slavery is bad no matter how much you're making, but is that slavery? I don't really know, my dude. Video from Amazon talking about how, sorry, this is from uh, a news outlet talking about how Amazon fired employees who criticized warehouse conditions. Take a listen. And recently that crew had lent its support to warehouse workers around the U.S. who'd been advocating for, uh, for better working conditions. Now, Amazon in a statement saying, we support every employee's right to criticize their employer's working conditions, but that does not come with blanket immunity against any and all internal policies. We terminated these employees for repeatedly violating internal policies. That pertains to the first couple of corporate employees that you mentioned. Now, if you are a liberal, what the fuck did that have to do with immigration or diversity? <laughs> Quote, unquote, or left-leaning or progressive or a market socialist, whatever the case may be. And Don't group me in. If you're a liberal or a progressive or a market socialist or an anarchist or a Posada, I don't know. If you're left of Hitler. You say that you are a proponent of the worker and you advocate. Wait, liberals aren't a proponent of the worker. God damn it. They're so fucking dumb for a higher wage, the fight for 15. And you are pro-unions as well, but also always try to find an argument on why mass immigration is good for America and- Oh, a lot of weird conflation going on here. So yeah, uh, they, notice how, have you, we've watched so many videos on this. Are there any right-winger Nazi types or whatever who ever just say immigration? They never say it. They only say mass immigration. They never just say immigration. What the fuck does mass immigration mean? Our immigration rate right now is lower than it has been in 20 years. What, like, what do you mean? What do you mean mass immigration? Yeah, they're trying to make it sound scary. Or it's dichotomous. It's like mass immigration as opposed to sensible immigration, which is when we only import people from Denmark, uh, England, and, uh, and, and Wales, you know? good for the American worker and good for the economy. All of which are factually true. Again, if anyone looks, you can type exclamation point doc in the chat. The inf the, the uh, factual like uh, argument 
for uh, um, immigration helping the wages of the American people, in addition to helping our economy, are settled. It is a done deal. No economists argue this. Really important to remember, no economists argue this. Nobody argues this. It's just done. The math is settled. You, my friend, are a hypocrite and a liar. Damn. It's time to get honest, because even Bernie Sanders railed against mass immigration, was vehemently against amnesty programs, and was certainly against the H-1B visa system, the h one uh, he used to be against amnesty programs. I'm pretty sure that he is pro-amnesty program now. Like, that would have been back in the 90s, right? I don't know what, like, are you a Bernie Sanders fan here? Like, I disagree with him on his, on his, uh, on his populist uh, protectionist policies. ...to be scam. That both the Democratic and Republican parties are owned lock, stock, and bar a barrel by corporate America and uh, special interests, including in the amnesty legislation, socio-ethnic-centric interest groups, who really have... Very he was against a very specific bill because he said it was a form of slavery. Yeah, okay, fine. Very little regard for the traditions of this country, the values of this country, uh, or the constituents. And I think there are a growing number of Americans who understand that there's something wrong despite a huge increase in worker productivity, poverty continues to increase. Since Bush has been president, five million more Americans have slipped into poverty, six million Americans more have lost their health insurance, and the gap between the rich and everybody else is growing wider. So that gets us to the immigration issue. If poverty is increasing, and if wages are going down, I don't know why we need millions of people to be coming into this country as guest workers who will work for lower wages than American workers and drive wages down even lower than they are right now. Yeah, so that's a really common argument amongst um, amongst like populists. Like, why do we need these workers to do our jobs? Um, but new data has come out since then. Like, as a as chat just spammed uh, in the bottom left down there. Um, I don't know if Bernie Sanders is aware of the change in like understanding on this particular issue. I don't know if Bernie Sanders is just like a hardline like old school protectionist and that he's not going to be moved on this. I don't know if it's um, more because he's specifically interested in. And appealing to the interests of a um of like the, the the rust belt and like other groups like that i can't really speak to his personal interests but the data on this is settled part of what bernie was talking about there when bernie used to be honest of course ec about economics and about mass immigration was oh i oh interesting so he was honest back then, but then he changed his mind and now he's dishonest. Oh, that's very strange. Ah, oh, that's so weird. Now he's dishonest and also all of the economic, um, you know, like uh, 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 minds in our country are also dishonest when they did extensive data over the course of many years and came to very, very, very similar conclusions. Ah... Just, uh, just they, they going at it again. Bernie Sanders was the one good Jew, wasn't he, Vincent? But then they got to him. That the vast majority of the GDP growth, the vast majority of the production growth, the economic growth that this country experiences from mass immigration because the GDP has risen by 400%. This is what people at the Cato Institute who are bought off by these special interests. Is ah, they're bought off by this. I see. So when, ah, yes, when data doesn't agree with me. Guys, I need to remind you of something, okay? I'm a populist and I'm a leftist. 
I fucking hate capitalism. And there are a lot of ways in which the system of capitalism is reified through the so-called expertise of sycophants who are beholden to special interests, okay? But here's the difference. I don't ignore data. I'm not just going to look at data that's inconvenient and then say, oh, uh-uh, nope, that's fake. Nope, propaganda. Nope, that's what Nazis do with well, basically all data. Uh, that's what tankies do with historical data on the USSR and the People's Republic of China. That it's it's something that like authoritarians or or populists tend to do. I don't do that. If I think that there is a bias in a piece of media or data that betrays like a, a certain lean, I will have to make an argument for that point. But he has not made an argument for how the position that immigration helps the country is illegitimate and how all the data produced to that effect is fake. As well, we'll tell you, the vast majority, the vast majority of the benefit of that goes to the corporations and the foreign workers themselves. There is a... Uh, no. Foreign workers have comparable wages to United States citizens. So, no. Like, generally speaking. The idea that, like, the wealth of this country is being sucked up by H-1B visa workers? The fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. The current annual statutory cap is 65,000 visas. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, 100%. Oh wait, this is made available each year. So how many are in here currently? Hold on. Wait, where can you find the data on how many are in here right now? Shouldn't that be readily available? Here we go. The number of H-1B petitions received during the filing period. No, that's not the same thing. That's the petitions. How many actually got in them? Only about 20% of those who apply and are eligible are even awarded one. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, how many? Just, I feel like this should be pretty easy to find. Guys, do H-1B, I don't want to make, I want to make sure I don't have this confused with anything else. Do H-1B visas reset every year? So every year you have to reapply for an H-1B visa? If that's the case, then the 65,000 cap would be the upper limit of how many can be in the country at a time, right? No? They can be, they can be rolled over for multiple years? If you lose your job, you lose your visa? Okay, then wait, then how many are in the country? Does anyone have any data? I feel like this should be an easy thing to Google. Here, estimating the size of the H-1B population in the US. This is from 2011. I have a thousand more viewers than Destiny right now. That's nice. Um,
why this is such a weird article. What am I looking at right now? This wasn't even an important point. It's just irritating that this is such a simple piece of information. I'm not able to find it right off the bat. Why would I need to estimate the number? Like why like why can't I just see ballpark estimate of 650,000 H1B workers? That's it? Wait, so H-1B workers, on average, only make this much more than the United, than the average United States citizen? That's it? These are the people who are siphoning the wealth from the rest of the country? This is middle class. In some, in some cities, this is like barely middle class. This is so low for high-skilled work. Well, not all high-skilled work is going to be like super high-tech Silicon Valley tech job stuff. Um, sometimes it can also be like nurse like nurse or technicians or other kind of stuff like that. Um, yeah, these are the people who are siphoning the wealth from the United States of America. They go interest as well. well Listen to this, though, because it's really funny how he frames this. Tell you. The vast majority, the vast majority of the benefit of that goes to the corporations and the foreign workers themselves. So H-1B visas aren't immigrants. So immigration has nothing to do with them being here. They're, they're temp workers. They're not immigrants. They're not coming here to live here. They're coming here to work. So that their presence here and the wealth they get has nothing to do with immigration. Additionally, they apparently don't make that much Additionally, additionally, they um, they um, uh, um, uh, uh, provide a net benefit to the economy because if they weren't here, those job postings wouldn't be filled. The strength of our economy is what allows people in this country to live good lives. There is a massive loss for America's middle class. And then he says that the gains of immigration are mostly going to the business class. Hey, hot tip. I don't know if you're woke on like the fucking on the the Bolshevik question, my Arena, but I'm going to give you some hot, fiery, spicy advice, okay? That's all labor, not just immigrant labor. Fucking idiot. Oh yeah, dude. Non-immigrant labor is equally distributed amongst the population. Immigrant labor, that's what goes right up to the business class. What the fuck are you talking about? All of the labor in this country is siphoned off towards the wealth of the business class, not just immigrant labor, which means your issue here isn't with the damage immigrants are doing to the economy, it's with the damage the business class is doing to the economy. I, I know for you, the, the business class. Now, honest economists have looked at this and have told it- Honest economists. Ah, uh, hmm. Want to cite any names there? Truth. They have been threatened by their- by their academic peers. They've been threatened. Oh, the drama, you little fucking queen. Jesus Christ. Uh, some kind trying to come out with the truth. I won't list their names, but... To delete their study or force them to maybe water down their study. By the way, this is factually incorrect. I've talked with academics. I've been in academia. This does not happen. 
This doesn't happen. Every time you hear a right winger say they were forced to take down their study or they were there was backlash at what they provide, what they're talking about is data that's equivalent to that one guy who said that vaccines cause autism. What they're usually saying is some crackpot produced information that was completely unverified and then tried to leech off the authenticity of their university or their like journal uh, to try and push it out. And that people, there was backlash because they were abusing their authority as an academic. This, this like, anytime you say they were targeted for their truth, what you know that their truth was bullshit. It's not actually truth. In reality, academia actually fucking loves dissenting opinions. The more dissenting opinions there are in a field, the more incentivization there is to produce research in that field. Like, that's how it works. Bit, but George Borjas, for instance, did not. He went on and told the truth, and he showed this... Borjas agrees that illegal immigration is either a net neutral or uh, is a net neutral or possibly a positive for the United States. On a very simple graph that there is a $500 billion loss to native workers because of mass immigration in the short run versus a $500 billion gain to the corporations, the corporations who are the only ones. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I've read this study. I'm so Oh, t oh no, Vincent, why would you do that, man? Why would you lie? Why would you lie about the study I've read? I, I of course, forget the title of the study, so if I could... Does anyone know this is a famous study? Does anyone have that data? We're going through a lot of data today. I'll find it. It's that goddamn Borjas study. Everyone cites the one that actually agrees with my position. It's on screen. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh my God. I'm such a fucking moron. It's literally on. St okay. All right. Don't worry about it. Just my. Ah, academic brain. My big academic brain. All right. Here we go. Download full text PDF complimentary. How nice. Here we go. So let's take a look at this data a little more honest-like. Borjas has been one of the most critical economists when it comes to the effects of immigration. But even Borjas cannot deny the fact that it is either a net neutral or positive influence on the United States of America. So the specific data he pulled was source updated from... We'll go with immigrant... Is there nothing in here entitled Immigrant Surplus? Let me see if I can find a chart.
this it? Estimations of immigrant surplus. Why didn't that? Why didn't that get caught by the, whatever? Um, elasticity of factor price for unskilled workers. Let me see. Seventy-five. So these are different counts. But that's not the specific data that we're looking for. It's this one? Is it a different one? It's important that we be able to go over this because I really want it known that, that Vincent James has absolutely no leg to stand on. Ah, here we go. This is the exact chart. Okay, perfect. The immigrant surplus. For fuck's sake, why the fuck are you talking about 25-year-old data? Um, because Borjas is the economist that mo So th this is funny for so many levels to me. First of all, Borjas was not kicked out of the economist like profession for publishing this data. L did you hear the way Vincent James framed this? Like the, tr the truth seekers were uh, uh, exiled from the academic tribe. No, Borjas is one of the most respected economists in American history. Um, so there's that. Second of all, um, the data that, well, we can, we can read it ourselves. Receiving countries typically welcome immigrants for a simple reason. They perceive that immigrants uh, generate an overall benefit for natives. If this perception were different, if it were believed that immigrants were made, nat natives worse off, <laughs> made natives worse off, I suspect that the open doors would quickly close. To accurately measure the economic gains from immigration, all one needs to do is list all the possible channels through which immigration transforms the economy. How immigration changes wages, prices, and profits. How immigration changes the number of jobs in each sector. How native workers and native-owned firms respond and so on and so on this exhaustive calculation has never been done instead the typical estimate of the gains rely on a model of hypothetical economy that helps visualize what happens when the labor market is flooded with millions of new workers let us ripple uh, um, record the ripple effects of immigration on all sectors put bluntly all estimates of the economic benefits from immigration come from an economist writing down a few equations that purportedly describe how the economy works and then plugging in some numbers so borjas has received criticism for this paragraph this specific paragraph. I know that for a fact. Borjas has received a lot of criticism because Borjas is perhaps um, overstatedly downplaying the legitimacy of prior economic models for determining the economic output of immigration. Um, so he has received criticism for this one specifically. Yeah, he's, he's saying like, oh, everyone else just did a dumb one. One important lesson from this theory-based exercise is that the textbook model of the labor market, the model that describes the common sense laws of supply and demand, indeed predicts that immigrant participation in the productive life of our economy increases the aggregate wealth of the native population. This increases in the economic pie accruing to natives is known as the immigration surplus. In short, there are immigration incentives for keeping the doors open. Immigration surplus, loss to native workers, gain to native firms, total increase to GDP, payments to immigrants. I don't know if you guys are noticing, this is a net wash. Look at this. Loss to native workers versus gain to native firms, 515 to 565 for a surplus of 50. Total increase in GDP, 2,104 as opposed to payment to immigrants, 2,053.8. Again, a wash of 50.2, i.e., Immigrants bring in more wealth, even from Borjas, the most anti-immigrant um, 
economists broadly known still cannot argue the fact that immigrants bring in a net surplus. I don't get it. This paper is littered with clear statements that immigration is good. How is he constantly referred by anti-immigrationists? Because they're desperate for material. Um, now, the argument here and the argument that Vincent James made is, look, they say that immigrants bring in wealth, and that may be true, but here's a loss to native workers, and here's a loss to native firms, or here's a gain to native firms. Therefore, wealth is being taken out of the hands of native workers and being given to native firms. The problem is, this fails to take into account the fact that, A, immigrants increase the total labor pool of society, meaning that we need to produce more work and create more jobs to account for their existence here, and B, those firms will then pay wages to their workers. This is one of the things that he gets criticism for. Borjas takes the equation here, but he fails to account the ways in which increases to GDP and increases in wealth to native firms can broadly increase the prospective wealth of even native workers within the country. To be fair, doesn't the benefit go to firm owners, Vosh? No. You don't keep 100% of revenue as, as a firm. This is just money that comes in that they're able to access because of the additional labor. This is um this is an incomplete assessment of the of the of the immigration like impact on the economy. That's one of the things that he gets criticism for. And even in his incomplete criticism, he still recognizes that it's a net wash and a slight benefit. So Vincent James' characterization of this study is framed on the same mistake that Borjas has been widely criticized for. The idea that uh, increases in wealth to GDP and increases in wealth to native firms are only stopping halfway through the equation, and you're not accounting for how this wealth and the additional labor pool can disseminate wealth to the broader population. That's the main issue. Um, then there's also, like, you know, more broadly speaking, the fact that Borjas's data has been proved wrong in other places, and that generally speaking, native workers' wages rise um, through immigration. But yeah, that couldn't happen if all this money was being taken away from native workers and just being given to native firms. It doesn't stop there. That's not where it ends. Sounds a lot like trickle-down, to be honest. No, it's not trickle-down, because trickle-down would be just give more money to corporations and lower their taxes and they'll pay their workers more. What I'm saying is, this is an incredibly reductivist assessment of an incredibly complicated economic equation that fails to take into account the fact that immigration not only leads to the exchange of wealth in the short term, but leads to broad-term changes in the distribution of wealth between various economic actors. If you want evidence of this, all you ever need to do is take a look at the preponderance of data which definitively indicates which definitively indicates again with this shit but I just opened this the other day we'll go with this one There we go. Definitively indicates that native workers' wages on average rise due to immigration. That's that. I mean, that's it. Like, that's the end of it. If more data comes out, we can discuss more data. But with the data we have available, that's it. It's done. We've, we've found it out. We've solved it.
versus a $500 billion gain to the corporations. The corporations who are the only ones who are benefiting from flooding the labor pool with massive amounts. Wait, corporations aren't aren't flooding the labor pool. They're, what Again, I still don't know if we're talking about immigrants or, or, or illegal immigrants. I, I have no idea what we're talking about of labor in order to drive down the wages of whatever sector that we're talking about here. Except, whoops, the wages actually rise on average for native workers when immigrants come in. So, damn, Jeff Bezos and the fucking uh, Elder Pro Council of Zion, you sure fuck this one up. Now, construction is one of the biggest portions that I want to focus on. If we look at this article here, this article, for instance, is from the Los Angeles Times. I've been over this article with you in the past. Immigrants flooded California construction. Worker pay sank. Here's why. Construction in Los Angeles has shifted from a heavily unionized labor force that was two-thirds white to a largely non-union one that is 70% Latino and heavily immigrant. And if we go down to these graphs here, you can see that hourly wages for U.S. construction workers has fallen pretty dramatically. Private construction workers in a union has fallen pr pretty dramatically as well. And well, unionization That's across the board, though, right? ...is falling. If we look at this article here from the OCR, are California's unions dying? Membership falls to a 14-year low. Now, one of the biggest tools, as I've said before, that the GOP has historically used back in the 90s to union bust is mass immigration, mass amnesty plans. If we look at the amnesty, for instance, that Reagan passed, although I'm not sure he was actually trying to bust up unions back there in the 80s, but if we look at Clinton, if we look at Bush, and we look at the GOP as a whole... A lot of the a lot of what they did with mass immigration was in order to union bust and also to serve their special interest groups whom they really work for because they don't work for the constituents. Obviously, we know this. They don't work for the people. Here's an NPR article. Fact check. Have immigrants lowered wages for blue collar American workers? Economists disagree on how much of an influx of immigrants depress wages. Some have found that new immigrants depress wages for certain groups, such as teenagers or workers with a high school diploma or less. Others say the overall effect on the economy is tiny and that the influx of immigrant workers vitalizes the economy overall. An open letter from 1,470 economists on immigration from 2017. So this was during the Trump administration. This was done in response, I assume, to the wall, I imagine. Immigrants bring entrepreneurs who start new businesses that hire American workers. True, about half, if I remember correctly, of the entrepreneurs uh, that started up in the past five years are immigrants. Immigration brings young workers who help offset the large-scale retirement of baby boomers. True, our social security system literally depends on a stable um, increase in young workers that can pay into that system so it isn't broken by baby boomers. Immigration brings diverse skill sets that keep our workforce flexible, help companies grow, and increase the productivity of American workers. True, all of these things are factually correct. Immigrants are far more likely to work in innovative job-creating fields such as science, technology, engineering, and math that create life-improving products and drive economic growth. True! All borne out in data. Or did the Jews get to the 1,470 economists as well? Uh, like, this is just, it's just not... Either way, the forces dri that drive wage reductions for blue-collar workers go far beyond immigration. This is just not... Like, it's immigration is just not the issue here. It's just not any even remotely educated person has to know it's not immigration. It's other shit. 
it's 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 the 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 consolidation of capital into the hands of a smaller number of people. It's capitalism. It's um it's it's fucking trade policy. It's fucking decreasing unionization due to conservative propaganda. There are so many factors that go into it, but immigration is just not it. What they looking past us. One of the biggest tools California two thirds white. Immigrants flooded California construction. Is this an op-ed or was this done by a, um, or was this done by like a correspondent? So who's to blame? Trump faults immigrants. But for more than a decade before immigrants flooded the market, contractors and their corporate clients were pushing to undercut construction wages by shunning union labor. Vincent! In the article you cite! In the article you cite! Immigrants flooded California construction, worker pay sank, here's why. The fucking article is like, Hey, guys, it wasn't immigration. Seriously, it was anti-union propaganda. It was undercutting by businessmen. Damn, dude! In the article you cite, you're so fucking stupid. Holy shit, you're so fucking dumb. It is incredible to me that there hasn't been some sort of catastrophic, like, synapse misfire in your brain. Just something, like, your IQ is so low, even the fucking innate processes of your body have it decomposed is astonishing to me. How your heart hasn't forgotten to beat is a miracle that you should be put into your fucking grimoire, okay? And have it be known. Unions, unions dying. Yes, back there in the 80s, but if we look at Clinton, if we look at Bush, and we look at the GOP as a whole, a lot of, the, a lot of what they did with mass immigration was in order to union bust and also to serve their special interest groups. Oh, wait, any proof of that? Can you find any proof whatsoever of immigration policy being specifically dictated around union busting and about, um, uh, um, and about special interest groups? Immigration just benefits the economy. Like, there's no reason to not want more immigrants in. The only people who don't want immigrants in are usually racists. That's it. But our government, up until recently, has usually been on the ball enough to prioritize economic growth over racism. If you, I mean, if you want to talk about what killed the unions, stupid motherfuckers like you are what killed the unions. You're a conservative, right? You're a Trump fan. I know you are. You motherfuckers are the ones who don't give a shit about worker unions in the slightest. You're the ones who fucking bow down to this propaganda. That's why the data shows more ethnically diverse communities are more likely to want to unionize. Whom they really work for, because they don't work for their constituents. Obviously, we know this. They don't work for the people. Oh. A lot of them doesn't they don't care about you. They spend most of their time trying to get reelected. They spend most of their money trying to get Wait, are we talking about politicians now or special interest groups? To union bust and also to serve their special interest group. A lot of what they did with and we look at the GOP as a whole, oh, okay. a lot of the a lot of what they did with mass immigration was in order to union bust and also to serve their special interest groups. A lot of them doesn't they don't care about you. They spend most of their time trying to get reelected. They spend most of their money trying to get reelected. And then if they fail at the presidential run that they're in, they'll just go on to buy a couple of houses somewhere. And I mean, yeah, no shit. Politicians don't care about you. I, don't, you. I mean, you voted them in. You voted Trump 2016. I don't know why you're complaining about it now.
live in their, like I said, gated community that you can't enter. For the H-1Bs, for instance, Trump even knows this. This is the reason why a lot of his supporters are pretty upset with him not ending, not including guest worker programs in the quote-unquote immigration moratorium that he issued, which was really just a symbolic gesture. gesture. And we, he allowed it to get watered down by Jared Kushner, the globalist who is basically the president. <laughs> he talked... There we've got it, boys. Jared Kushner. I see a lot of Nazis talking about Jared Kushner... about this in a debate with Marco Rubio uh, back in 2015. This is a clip from CNN. Take a look at this. This is about H-1Bs. Senator Rubio, in late 2014, Disney laid off 250 tech workers in Orlando, replacing many of them with foreign workers. Some of the Americans even had to train their own replacements. You at that one fucking incident people are so triggered about, dude. It has nothing to do with immigration. It has to do with big business. How can you hear a story of cruel capitalist owner forces people to train their replacements and think the response to this is, let's lower immigration? Like, like I, can't, I actually can't, like, how, do, how is that the conclusion you come to? You support increasing the H-1B visa program that made it possible to bring in these foreign workers. Doesn't this program take jobs away from Americans? If it's being abused the way Disney did. Understand that program, it is illegal now under that program to use it. Just so you know, the program itself takes jobs away from Americans. Not, not if it's being abused. We know it's being abused. They're not using it in the correct fashion. Except you have to leave job positions open for a given length of time before an H-1B visa applicant can fill in, and they cost more, and there's literally no reason why a business owner would want an H-1B worker as opposed to a domestic worker who will, on average, cost less, can fill the position immediately, and there will probably be less of a cultural difference between them and the rest of the workplace. They will also pretty much be guaranteed to speak English. Like, yeah, no. This, this is being done because shit-ass American education isn't producing good high-tech workers. We know that there are enough Americans that we don't have to import people from a, an average uh, country with oh! an average IQ of 80. Damn, dude. Domestic workers are getting blown the fuck out by workers with an average IQ of 80? Damn. I don't, I, that's interesting. I'm not that anti-white, but I mean, maybe Vincent James over here feeling a little bit of that, a little bit of that. I don't know if he's a big fan of blacked.com. Maybe he's a big fan of blacked raw, you know, maybe he likes it extra, extra hard like that. Um, because the reason those positions are being filled from H1B visa workers is because Americans are too fucking stupid to do it. I, can, I mean, I can read out the, the, the email that I got. I'm going to do more research on this because I always know... I know that in an argument with a Nazi, I'm pretty much guaranteed to be right anyway because these motherfuckers make a mockery of, um, of, of like, research. But, um... I'm a hiring manager for a large software company. Um... The Nazbalan tonight and anti-immigrationists in general are completely wrong about H-1B visa employees and the STEM crisis and I lose my mind every time somebody repeats the whole H-1B consultants are cheaper for companies line. It's absolute 100% bullshit. Please do not let anyone get away with it anymore. The STEM crisis is misrepresented. The problem isn't a lack of STEM candidates, but rather a lack of skilled STEM candidates. I've had job postings open for months before they were filled but H uh, by H-1B contractors. This problem is a weird issue, so allow me to unpack. 
And then they go on to explain how the American education system doesn't really train uh, comp sci students with the skills necessary to be like helpful at firms. Um, American computer science education on average fucking sucks. A four-year comp sci bachelor's degree from pretty much every American school means nothing to me at this point, and I don't even look at education sections on resumes. India is destroying us in this regard because they treat computer science like a trade skill, only two years long and focusing on relevant skills and statistics. I want to be clear that I dislike this. Bringing in new people to development as long as they're motivated often creates loyal, hard, and dedicated, or sorry, loyal, dedicated, and hardworking employees who question authority in the status quo, but they often take nine to 12 months to get up to speed, and sometimes an expensive contract is just a cheaper option. Um... People coming over from India to work IT jobs are typically of the highest caste in India. They usually are extremely well off um, and are simply just doing this to build experience. These workers are, on average, not being exploited the way immigrants typically are. Yeah. We don't need to import people from India to fill Silicon Valley jobs. Except we do, sorry! Sorry, the 79 IQ Americans are just not capable of doing this work. We can work on our workforce, we can work on our people, we can- Also, I just wanna say, I can tell, I'm feeling it. I feel it pumping through my veins. We've got a lot of fucking Nazis trolling around the stream right now. When I'm done with this video, we're lining them up, getting them voice call-ins, okay? We're gonna have a nice, friendly chat about facts and science, okay? Work on education. We can do a lot of different things. And honestly, when wait, you actually- Wait, that's a great idea. People, we can work on education. Yeah. If you work on education, maybe American workers won't be so buttfuck stupid that they can't fill job postings open for months before they're being deferred to H-1B visa workers. That'd be great. I'm okay with that. We can do a lot of different things. And honestly, when you actually look at the statistics, there are a lot of graduates, people who are graduating, who are trying to get these jobs, but can't because they are flooded with, you know, a certain amount of people in order to drive down the wages of those particular jobs so these corporations could turn a higher profit. Except the H-1B visa workers cost more to hire. So the reason they're not being picked isn't because it's cheaper to get H-1B visa workers. Was that from his D-Live? Did he stream all this? I guess so. Um... I'm a streamer going over a stream. Um, the reason they pick the H-1B visa workers isn't because they're cheaper. It's because they know how to do their jobs. It's not because... It's not because they, they are, they're only when they're abusing it. They're always abusing it. But here's what Trump says after this. I know the H-1B very well, and it's uh, something that I frankly use, and I shouldn't... Trump doesn't know anything about anything. There has never been a single issue that Trump has sounded even remotely educated on be allowed to use we shouldn't have it very very bad for workers and second of all i think it's very important to say well i'm a businessman and i have to do what i have to do and it's sitting there waiting for you but it's very bad it's very bad for business and in, in terms of it's very bad for our workers and it's unfair for our workers and we should end it very importantly the disney workers endorsed me as you probably read and unfortunately we didn't end it and we haven't ended. It's been four years so far into Trump's president. Wow. Hey, do you, you know why that is? I bet because he said that dumb shit on stage and then an economist walked over to him and he was like, Hey, Trump, you will literally fucking kill our economy if you do this because we need those jobs. We need those workers. And then Trump was like, oh, uh, okay. And then he just went on to focus on something else.
presidency. And, uh, you know, when he let out that he put posted that tweet about ending all immigration for right now because of the economic consequences of the shut. Imagine thinking that Trump is based because of something he tweeted. Just imagine that. Imagine having faith in Trump. I have never seen like a president more willing to fucking backtrack on everything he ever said he believed in to fucking backstab so many of his initial cabinet. It's insane. Imagine believing Trump. He'll just say whatever gets him applause at any given point in time. Shutdown. Millions of people are going to be out of jobs. Million, thousands of tens of thousands of businesses are going to be shuttering forever because they're not going to withstand this shutdown that was forced upon them. Damn, sucks. Has nothing to do with immigration, though. Unfortunately, he hasn't ended it. And the chance that he had to end it, he allowed it to get watered down into nothing. Now, we're hearing reports that Stephen Miller and some others are pushing for a second wave. We'll see what happens. But I wouldn't hold your breath on that. I was honestly shocked about that tweet that he put out saying that he was going to end all immigration for right now. We were very happy. That happiness went away within less than 24 hours when we found out that Jared Kushner got his... His, uh, uh, see, the based white nationalist in the White House was going to do something epic and great, but then the Jew got his hand on it. Got his hands on the... Uh, what? Ah, oh, man! You gotta at least leave some fucking room for interpretation open with the dog whistles, dude. Jared Kushner got his hands on that bill and uh, on that executive order and made sure to make a change to that, of course. Oh, yeah, Jared Kushner got his hands on the executive order. Is that how it works? You fucking stupid piece of shit. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, the, the, the executive order that the president unilaterally puts out. Of course. Uh, Jared Kushner has pushed for EB-5 visas. Jared Kushner has interest, financial interest, in making sure that these visa programs and mass immigration continues on. I love, this is the great thing about having, like, the, the Nazis love it. If you have one Jew in power, just it, like, one Jew in the White House, like, that's it. Now every conspiracy they have is validated. If anything happens that they like come out of the White House, it's because the Jew wasn't involved in it. And if anything bad comes out of the White House, it's because the Jew was involved in it. They don't have to prove or indicate anything. Like, it's just self-evident to them. So that's what I have for you on these leaked documents. I think it's a very important story that a lot of the media should be covering, but of leaked course they're not. documents that, okay. So let's, let's recap, because this has been really fun and we're done with this guy, okay? This has been super fun. So Vincent James was empirically wrong on almost every single thing that he said. All of the data that he cited actually argued against him. And the initial article that he was having a discussion on um, did not prove the points that he was looking to prove. Uh, immigration is a net good for the economy. Uh, he is just a white nationalist who does not like brown people. That is it. That is his only motivation. Every other argument he makes, economic, cultural, it does not matter to him. He just wants brown people out. He's just a Nazi. That's it. That is the beginning and end of his thought process. No matter what he says or purports to believe, no matter what data he twists and misrepresents, that is the only thing that he cares about. His thought processes are about as complicated as what you could read off the back of a cereal box. That is the entirety of his person and his character. He is empty. If you don't like what's happening to American workers, that's fantastic. Why don't you push for unionization? Looks like really diverse communities are actually in favor of unionization more so than less diverse communities. So that should be really easy with the increasing rate of ethnic diversity in our community. Um, so, I mean, you can do that. We could fight against capitalism. Everything that Vincent James was complaining about here, this, oh, it leads to the decrease in wages, hurts workers, whatever— 
while mostly incorrect, there is a fundamental kernel of truth. And that kernel of truth is this, that uh, essentially every mechanism in our society is designed to make money for already wealthy people. And while there are some down, sometimes broader benefits that you can get from like a higher GDP, like it gives us more leverage with um, trade negotiations with other countries, which means we might be able to get cheaper access to other goods, so on and so on. That doesn't change the fundamental fact that there is something wrong with this country. And if you want to fix that thing, then you should work with leftists. Because leftists want higher wages, want unionization, want the decommodification of industries that have um, that have infinite um, price malleability. Uh, um, uh, uh, or uh, what is it called? Not price malleability. Um, um, elasticity. Thank you. Price elasticity. Um, we are the ones who want the good things. Cutting immigration will not fix these things. What it will do is be part of creating a white ethnostate. So my approach, fix economic disparity, do not create white ethnostate. His approach, do not fix economic problems, create white ethnostate. Which way, Western man? <laughs>